0: Welcome back to the STEM Space, where I'm thrilled to have Andre Thomas returning for an engaging discussion that I'll share over two episodes. In this episode, Andre discusses game-based learning and its immense potential in any classroom setting. We discuss the difference between gamification and game-based learning, tips for engaging all students, and a not-to-be-missed online summer workshop providing educators with the chance to earn professional development credit hours. In the next episode, I'll talk to Andre about AI, so I thought it'd be fun to have ChatGPT give us his bio. Renowned as both a game-based learning expert and a professor at Texas A&M University, Andre Thomas boasts an illustrious career that originated in the dynamic world of the movie industry. From crafting captivating graphics for blockbuster hits like Men in Black, he transitioned to the realm of game development, lending his artistic prowess to renowned titles, such as Madden NFL. Now drawing from his rich experiences, Andre employs his expertise to create immersive educational games that masterfully teach subjects like calculus. Join us as we delve into this fascinating journey and uncover the transformative power of game-based learning in education. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. All right, well, welcome to the STEM Space. We have this For the first time ever, we're bringing back a guest because uh, he was so spectacular the first time. Welcome, Andre, to the STEM space. How are you doing?
1: Well, thank you so much. I feel really honored and privileged to be back um, again. I'm doing great.
0: And where are you at, really at right happy.
1: now? I'm right now in Malta, actually, just um, been part of a conference organized by the European Commission on game-based learning and AI. And I gave a workshop and talk here to um, teachers, administrators, policymakers, and and some politicians.
0: Great. Well, we're going to get all into those topics. And I think we have the first episode. And I welcome teachers to go listen to that. But let's give an overview of what exactly is game-based learning in terms of education.
1: Yeah, so game-based learning is using games in the classroom as part of the curriculum. And by in the classroom, I don't necessarily mean directly in your class, but as part of the curricular experience. So it could be assigning games as homeworks. Mm -hmm. And we're talking any type of game, if that's a board game, a card game, or video game, um, educational or not educational games, because entertainment games can also be used for educational purposes. And so Mm -hmm. when we're talking about game-based learning, that's what we're talking about. Um, some people mistake game-based learning for gamification. It's not the same thing. Gamification is using game elements to make a class or education more engaging and fun for students, but that's not game-based learning. So would that game-based... be
0: like Kahoot or one of those like quizzes that you add at the end of the lesson, maybe?
1: Yeah, that's an example. Or you bring in points or badges that you assign your students, uh, you know, when they do something they can get a badge or they can get some points or you have a little treasure hunt. So you bring in game elements into the classroom.
0: Okay, so then tell me what, if that's gamifying, so give me an example of game-based learning, because I know you've developed a whole game uh, for calculus. So let's talk about that.
1: Yes, we developed um, four games that are publicly available, uh, one for calculus and three for history and art history. And so the intent here is really a lot of students struggle with calculus. And calculus is the foundation for any STEM degree. Without calculus, you're not going to get a STEM degree. You automatically rule it out. And because so many students struggle with it, up to 38% in the US and similar in Europe, we've developed a game to help those students that may require a different way of learning the material. And so through the game, they're experiencing calculus in the real world, they're modifying and manipulating the real world using math and are enjoying the playing experience and then our research has shown that um, students do significantly better when using the game specifically female and minority students which is obviously fantastic um, to see for us
0: if teachers are interested in this game can they use chromebooks laptops what kind of technology do you need to implement
1: Great question. So For the calculus game, specifically a Chromebook um, or PCs, the students can download it to their machine. It can be downloaded on a lab machine, they can download it at home. It doesn't matter where the students download. Um, if, for example, a teacher assigns it as homework, and then the students also have access to a computer in the library, they can log in, with their login credentials and continue the game, where they left off, regardless of the computer they're playing at, allowing them that flexibility. And of course, there's a teacher version that comes with it, where the teacher can really see the progress the students are making, where they are stuck, uh, where they're doing really well, and then have those conversations in the classroom um, with the students. We always recommend that it takes about six hours to play on average, that it's something that faculty teachers assign as homework rather than taking up valuable class time and having students play in class. They may want to introduce a game during the class, but then have the students play it at home as an alternative to traditional homework.
0: And there's some popular math games out there where they see like a word problem and it's differentiated by students, so it gives them harder problems or easier problems, but this isn't what we're talking about right, so how does your game differentiate from other popular games out there for math.
1: Yes, so our game and um, so there's quite a few games out there where. Play the game or solve a math equation, and then you can play a little bit and then you get stopped. You have to solve a math equation again and then you play. In our game, you're playing as an adventurer on a foreign planet and the civilization is vanished and you're trying to discover what happened to the civilization on the planet and you actually have to use. Math, you're not getting stopped. You're encountering puzzles, and the puzzles are all math-based. And when you start off, you don't even realize that you're manipulating functions, or the students, the players, don't necessarily realize they're actually manipulating functions. So we're slowly introducing them to limits and functions, but they're thinking of it as I'm manipulating the environment, I'm creating staircases, I'm opening up portals by changing things uh, mathematically rather than just pulling a lever that is so cool
0: i love the end of world theme <laughs> <laughs> we have to survive <laughs> and bring back civilization and i know that from my own experience with kids they get very you know like these dramatic scenarios are very engaging but yes. i wonder if they're immersed in this whole world and they're not even realizing all this learning how well does the content transfer to taking a calculus test or having to solve a problem outside of the game?
1: Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) a question we ask ourselves. And at the beginning, we actually had three different versions of the game that we threw away because it just didn't quite work. Um, So we we did a lot of testing with it as we were developing, designing uh, the game to just get it right. And of course, we had math um, experts, um, pedagogical experts working with us alongside to really tune that balance between the game content and the mathematical content, while also scaffolding. And then to ensure that we actually got it right, or we think we got it right, uh, we we did a very large study with 2000 students um, that are taking their first um, introductory calculus class, and the game covers limits. So limits is relatively short, in the whole um, content of the semester or school year in calculus, but it's foundational for the rest of calculus. So if students fully conceptually understand limits, they'll do significantly better in the rest of calculus. And we saw that immediately Um, The first tests or quizzes after the topic was introduced, those students that played the game um, did significantly better than those students that didn't, the the ones in the control group. And then all the way through the semester, at the end of the semester, even though their students only played in the first two weeks, the ones that played, we saw 25% had more A's and 32% less failure and dropout versus those students in the control group, which was really significant and showed us, yes, it really transfers to what's happening in the class and what students are learning. And we've repeated it since um, at a community college and at other schools and high school, um, for example, where a teacher had a success rate of 80%, 20% of her students would normally typically fail the class, once she introduced the game, all students passed and all grades went up across the board significantly after the introduction of the game.
0: Wow, and what I love about the development of this game is you know, you're know, you going for this cool factor, engaging, but you also have the research side. So you are faculty at Texas A&M, you have a research lab, and that's what's behind. It's like behind this machine, (laughs) this game. And I imagine there's not a lot of uh, companies out there that are actually putting research into the learning elements of the game. Usually you have this is a really fun game that adds an educational label without real research behind it. This is my speculation, <laughs> you can probably confirm, versus there's like the education side that's very focused on how do we get the pedagogy right but has a hard time with the engagement. What are your thoughts?
1: You, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, so when I used to work for EA um, Electronic Arts, um, overseeing all of their football games, so graphics, therefore Madden, and so on. I've asked them, you know, we should make a calculus game. And thankfully, actually, in, in retrospect, they, they declined. They said, ah, oh, you can't make calculus fun. You can't make money with it. And so most um, executives stand corrected now in terms of the fun. The money thing is still <laughs> I would say. But I'm glad we didn't do it because we would have not got it right. Because we would have had too much entertainment focus in it, and not so much pedagogy. Being at AIM and having a research lab and having experts, not only to math professors, but also to instructional designers, assessment experts, and the pedagogy around it really allowed us to form a very well-balanced team where everybody had an equal voice. And we kept iterating and trying to just get it right and tune it in um, to make a game that's, fun to play or engaging um, for students uh, of that age when they're learning calculus, but also pedagogically sound. So they're literally learning what they're supposed to learn according to the standards, um, to the syllabus. And the assessment, we also build assessment into the game, having an assessment expert to ensure that what we're assessing is the correct thing. Because remember, every game teaches you something, right? You can't play a game without learning how to play. Now, a lot of game teaching you how to kill zombies or vampires. Not really a useful skill as of right now that may change. (laughs) And, you know, and so what you learn is you learn what kind of weapon is effective against what kind of an alien, for example. You know, not that transferable. And so for us... Um, it was really important that there is a transferable skill. So the player doesn't earn gold or points because then the player cares about the points or the gold instead of caring for the math. So here they're actually collecting the math, using the math to advance. So they care for the math unintentionally. It's not in your face. Here is the math. You know, go and do the math. It's just there in the environment, and they get to try it, they get to play with it, and slowly start to understand it. And that was really important for us. But you're right, a lot of games um, are not able to find that balance because it's really difficult. It takes a long time to build it, test it, iterate on it, and also finding the right people to work with you um, on a team for a long period of time to get that um, is not that easy.
0: So if you're a teacher and whether you're calculus or a science teacher, what is if you're looking to implement game-based learning, you f- see that it's valuable. Is it something you recommend trying with maybe just one lesson? Um, like how do you integrate game-based learning if you've never done it before?
1: Yes. So <laughs> that's that's a whole topic. So, um, so first you got to f- figure out a game, right? What game do I want to use? Um, I would not recommend to going for a game that covers your entire curriculum because that's really impossible. Um, I would think that if anybody claims, oh, our game covers your whole curriculum, I would be very doubtful because any curriculum, there's a lot there. So you want to find a game. Now you ask the question, well, how do, how do you find a game? Where do you go? Unfortunately, we don't actually have a place where you can go and say like, oh, okay, here's a listing of all of the games for math, science, physics, and so on. And here's the research, if there's research, or teacher testimonial, or student testimonial. So we don't have a place like that. In the lab, we're actually working on such a listing, <clears throat> a catalog of where we can give teachers the, here is what's actually available outside. So they can start. So you have to first choose a game. It can be entertainment or an educational game. And then bring it into the classroom, I would start small. And I would also start, um, especially when you, it's your first try, I would label it as an experiment to your students, to your fellow teachers, to the parents, to the principals. Because people always think, well, experiments, they can go right or they can go wrong, they can fail. Because if you don't label it as an experiment and it doesn't quite work out, well, then everybody sees it. Well, that's a failure. We're not going to do that again, right? Whereas in an experiment, it's like, oh, okay, well, we need to tweak something. We'll keep experimenting till we get it right. Because not every game is right for every situation um, and every student in every class. Just like, you know, it's a tool to be used by teachers. And so I, I would start small, experiment, see what the reaction is from the student. As you're experimenting, so here's some tips. What we've learned um, seeing teachers using our game stuff for the last um, six years, if you bring a game in and say to the students, okay, I've got a game here. If you like to play it, go and play. You're gonna find very, very few students play, if any. Because yes, our students play games. And 97% of our students, male and female, play four hours or more every week, video games. But those are entertainment games. They don't want to play an educational game because the moment you say, I've got an educational game, they're like, (laughs) oh, Because they expect low quality. It's not a lot of fun. And so they're not really motivated playing it. So if you make it optional, you're going to see very little takers and you're going to see very little impact on your class. And by the end of the semester, end of the school, you say, well, that didn't work. Yeah, because... Barely anybody played, and that doesn't really impact um, the grades. All right, what about extra credit? Yes, you could do it for extra credit. What you're going to see is your A students, they're going to go for it. The best in the class, that will always go for the extra credit for the do the extra amount. A students, right? Um, so they're going to do it. But the students that really need it, the C students, and the ones that uh, may be failing, well, you know they
0: typically they don't believe, have motivation yeah
1: and they believe they got it they understand it they don't need the help right all kinds of reasons they're not going to go for it right they typically don't go for the extra credit either and they're not going to go for it here and so you again you won't see much of an impact um on the whole class okay well what if i make it required everybody has to play great idea now here's what's going to happen the moment you make it required, remember, 97% play games every week. You're going to find that the 3% that don't are all in your class. Because they're all going to go like, oh, no, 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 I don't play video games. Oh, video games are not allowed in my house. Or oh, we don't have a computer. You're going to have an uprising on your hand. Students are going to complain the moment you make it required. So what are you going to do? I give the students an option. Guess what happens if you offer the students a choice between here's traditional homework or here's (laughs) playing a video game. I guess where they're going to go. The game is going to (laughs) win. The game is going to win. 90% of the students, if not all, are going to choose a video game. But now it's their choice. So they can't complain about, oh, the teacher made me play a game. Uh, (laughs) right yes
0: and i know you also run a summer camp for teachers it's an intro to game-based learning so if we have listeners out there that are interested intrigued by this idea of game-based learning who is your target audience for this camp
1: teachers educators
0: Uh, or subjects any grades any
1: subject anybody that's thinking about I want to know more about game-based learning. It sounds interesting, but I'm a little bit scared. I don't know where to start. So at A&M, we've created an online course, actually, because I found that running these workshops, like the one I just did here in Malta, where there's only one of me and I can only be in one place. So we created this online um, class where you can sign up and then take it at your leisure at any time to really get an introduction. okay, what's the vocabulary? How do I talk about it? And there's testimony from industry experts as well to really get you um, a good foundation on what game-based learning is, what's the difference to gamification, and so on. We're hoping that this summer we're um, getting the second course ready on implementing games in the classroom and then planning two more courses on designing games, and then also doing research, um, assessing, evaluating games when you use them in the classroom. But most are still in the works and not quite ready yet.
0: In this class, will they have access to uh, the games that you've developed, like the calculus game?
1: Yes, um, that comes with the class. They get full access to all four games that have been developed in the lab at Texas A&M and that are available to use in, in classes everywhere. And so that's part of the allure. And I think that's a quite a significant value, um, you know, that we've been able to make a deal there with, um, with the company and then with a and to, to provide those to the faculty or teachers.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I think maybe we get a special discount for any listeners, we can give them a code
1: yes yes it is i have been able to manage to to get a special code discount um for the listeners of this podcast um if they want to sign up and take the course and the next one is starting um, in june i believe
0: perfect and I, this is the right time to get the teachers because they're planning for summer professional development, budgets are being set for next school year. And so if they're looking for integration of a game-based platform such as yours, this is the time to, to check it out.
1: Yeah, and Biff said also, I forgot to mention, um, they get full credit. So they get a um, PD credit or CE credit mm-hmm. and a certificate from AM from the university, when they successfully complete the course.
0: Yeah, that's great. And that's always um, important for teachers that are trying to keep up with the CEU hours. Great. We want to take a second to give a big thank you to listeners out there who've been tuning in to the STEM Space podcast. We love what we do. We love sharing content, the latest and greatest of STEM education and tips and tricks to help you to teach STEM. If you have been listening to us and would love to support us, please leave us a review so we can keep sharing amazing resources and content. Thank you.